Welcome back to Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We are at episode 94. Wow, 94 episodes. This is crazy. I love it. Let's keep going. We got a great episode today. LaSalle Peru graduate AJ Bolas is our guest. He is now the manager for the men's basketball team at Michigan Dearborn. Great conversation with him. We spoke probably about a week after July 4th. Talked about some fireworks. Started off that way because he has some fireworks going off in his life right now. A lot of awesome, amazing things that he is doing. I see nothing but a bright future in his path, in his journey. Whatever he is doing, I know he is 100% committed. And I think he shares that with all of us. He's ready. He's ready for whatever the world brings him. So I'm definitely excited to let you guys hear the convo with AJ. It is Wednesday, August 5th. A lot of awesome things going on. We still got professional sports playing right now as we speak. I don't know how much longer this is going to continue, but for right now, it is still going on. So we got to talk about it. We got to embrace it. We got to be happy that there's something positive going on right now. Start with the NBA. Some games are already done. I am taping this at 8.30. You might not hear it for a few hours after editing or maybe in the morning if you're early bird and, you know, not awake too late. Some NBA scores already finished in the books. Denver Nuggets beat San Antonio Spurs 132-126. Utah Jazz beat the Memphis Grizzlies 124-115. We got the Toronto Raptors and Orlando Magic, 9.45 left in the third. Raptors up 55-41. The Nets and the Celtics, which if it's still on when I'm done with this podcast, I will catch the rest of this. 6.59 left in the first quarter. Nets are up 14-11 over the Boston Celtics. Baseball-wise, the Chicago White Sox have been on a tear, won six straight. Right now, they are trailing Milwaukee Brewers 1-0 in the top of the six. Let's go, White Sox. I love seeing those victories. It makes me happy when you win. Same thing with the Chicago Cubs, who are leading the Kansas City Royals 2-1 in the middle of the fifth. I'm super excited about Chicago baseball at the moment. Both teams are playing really well. Love seeing the dubs. And I'm kind of blaming them for Corona. You know, if there wasn't Corona and we were freely watching baseball, we were at the parks, we were watching TV with tons of fans in the stadiums or with our friends at bars, the Chicago teams would not be playing well. Why would they do that? Can't have fans. Nobody's at the games. Nobody's watching the game together unless it's family or really, really close friends that you are comfortable being around in the middle of a pandemic. Now the Chicago teams are both on fire and both winning a lot of games and are both exciting to watch and could play in the playoffs. Both Chicago teams in the playoffs, that would be amazing. We will see if that happens, but of course it would happen during a pandemic when we can't get to the games. Other MLB scores going on. Boston Red Sox lead, Tampa Bay Rays, 5-0, top of the ninth. The Yankees and the Phillies are tied 1-1 in the middle of the sixth. Houston Astros, cheaters, are defeating Arizona Diamondbacks 3-0 in the top of the second. Los Angeles Dodgers, San Diego Padres, 0-0, top of the second. Phillies defeated the Yankees 11-7 as a final seven innings. 
Mets defeated Washington Nationals 3-1. And taking place a little later, Los Angeles Angels at the Seattle Mariners. Couple NBA scores did not catch on. This just got over. Oklahoma City Thunder dominated the Los Angeles Lakers 105-86. I know that wouldn't happen in a seven-game series, but a lot of people are saying the Lakers are going to the finals and are going to win the championship. They can't have games like this. 105-86 against the Thunder. Don't get me wrong, love Chris Paul, love a couple other Oklahoma City Thunder players. But 105-86, I know it's a regular season game. We're just getting back in the fold after having that layoff. But man, that is crazy. And another one that just got over, Philadelphia 76ers defeated the Washington Wizards 107-98. I am a closet 76ers fan since the Allen Iverson days. I've still followed them, look at box scores all the time with the Sixers you know, when there's regular games going on. So it's good to see them get the dub 107-98. In other Chicago sports events, the Blackhawks take on the Oilers at home two nights. It's the West qualifying series, game three. It's tied 1-1. Blackhawks looking all right. Let's see another W. Love to see it. So a lot of things to follow on. I will rerun scores of the games that I've just said at the end of the intro. This intro is not gonna be very long even though we're already seven minutes in because of just going off box scores. I love it. I'm gonna do the box scores for quite a while just to be able to say the box scores because like I said, we don't know how long national sports is going to keep playing. We have seen MLB players get the coronavirus. Matt Stafford, the quarterback of the Detroit Lions, NFL style, on the COVID list. Cases keep coming here and there. Do not know when they will shut it down again. I hope there is not a shutdown, but it could definitely happen. So, as long as things are going on, go through some scores, go through some player accomplishments, because it's awesome. Love me some sports, and I know you do too. But I also like talking about other stuff. One thing that is a topic most of us are talking about is our home, our house. Things go wrong, we gotta fix it, we gotta remodel. Whether it's a light fixture or an entire kitchen remodel, Olson Construction is here to help. The family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty. Olson Construction specializes in roofing, siding, windows, doors, deck designs, remodels, garage additions, and room additions. Owner Keith Miles has been in construction for over 10 years and is willing and able to take care of your home renovations from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction, which is fully licensed and insured at 815-910-5982. Olson Construction can also be contacted on Facebook at the Olson Construction LLC page or via email olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. You know there's also non-sports things, items, events to talk about. Not really an event. Want to talk about some TV shows I've been watching. I laugh because I'm not really a huge TV watcher. But man, lately, I guess the COVID era, we'll call it the era, has put me into a TV watching mode. I haven't really played a lot of video games lately. The last video game that I got down on was Wreckfest with a bunch of friends. That is a fun game. Get online, get in some demo derbies. That's what it is. It's vehicles, demolition derbies, and you're taking out everybody. 
just smashing and crashing. It is a lot of fun, especially if you got some friends playing with you at their homes, you're on the mic, you're talking smack to everybody else with your friend. It is a blast. Did it for a long time, pretty much from, I'm gonna say April or May, all the way till oh, probably July. That's a long span for me when it comes to playing one game continuously every day. Did that for quite a long time with my buddies that I grew up with and met some people from Pennsylvania and it was a lot of fun. Got down and dirty in the video game just beating up some cars. It was a blast. So I recommend Wreckfest. I know I talked about it on here before, but it's that good of a game. Might as well enjoy yourself. Since I've been able to watch some TV shows in the dark, watch season one when it came out probably last year. Great show. Season two came out. Still a great show. The first two or three episodes came out and I'm like, man, this is kind of slow. It doesn't have that fury that the season one had ended with. But after about episode three, yeah, it picks up and you're like, oh man, now I know why I'm watching this. Great show. Great, great, great show. The gist of it. I don't like to do spoilers, especially in the dark isn't like a crazy popular show from what I know of. It should be because I think it's worth watching and it's very entertaining. The main character is blind. She can be an alcoholic. She gets around with the other gender. She does her thing. She can't see, can't really do a lot. She's very intelligent. She's witty. She's funny. And she's kind of a train wreck. So obviously you put that on TV. It's very fun to watch. Her best friend has been taking care of her for a while. So you got that dynamic. Do they need each other all the time? Are they best friends just because they needed a crutch? Things like that. They go through, through the first two seasons, they go through all of the drama, the spectacular friendship moments, all that in the first two seasons. And I'm sure it's going to continue. The best friend, Jessica, is also a lesbian. So that throws in dynamic. Then they have a friend that they work for that bought a pet company from Murphy's mother. Murphy is the blind main character. Not her mother, but her parents. His name is Felix. Felix buys his company from Murphy's parents and is now Murphy and Jessica's boss. And he's weird. Like weird is the best way to explain him. He wears like flannel jackets with flood tight jeans with like loafers where you can see the socks kind of got an emo haircut talks weird sort of kind of feminine but you still think he's heterosexual just a weird but a character you can adapt to cling to understand and kind of enjoy because he's quirky funny too so you throw these three in the mix then you add laundering money Gangsters, guns, murder, Murph trying to be a private investigator for murder, a dirty cop who was dating Murphy, who is now trying to get Murphy framed or get thrown into prison. Then Murphy is dating this guy who is part of everything, money laundering, sort of kind of a gangster, but an emotional gangster who's got connections to Murphy, sensitive gangster. It is... An interesting, interesting show with a pretty solid plot that could read like a book. I don't think it's based off of a book, but it could be. I definitely, definitely recommend it. And I know I'm late to the show, late to the party. I'm always, not always, I mean in the dark I'm totally caught up with. Game of Thrones, I watched the whole first seven seasons 
on the day that they aired or the next day on On Demand. Did not see the eighth season for quite some time afterward. And it was what it was. We all know about the finale and what everybody thinks about that. But usually, more times than not, I'm watching a show after everybody's seen it. Sopranos, it took me like 10 years. And then I finally watched them all and I love it. One of my favorite shows. Dexter, it was probably like a year or two after. That's usually how it goes for me. Because like I said, I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm doing a lot of things. Whether it's career-wise, sports-wise, family-wise. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. But I am upset with myself that I did not get to Breaking Bad sooner. I started watching Breaking Bad. It is phenomenal. I am halfway through the second season. I started the first season a week ago. So to watch, there's seven in the first, the five, 12 episodes in a week, and they're hour-long programs, that's pretty impressive for me because I do not watch stuff like that. I must be getting addicted to either TV or I'm addicted to Breaking Bad. Crazy awesome show. The plot is like, why didn't anybody think about this sooner? I know it's kind of based off of a real life story. Walter White was actually a very intelligent man in real life that started cooking crystal meth. So in the show, we have a chemistry teacher who could have done way more than just been a chemistry teacher and has cancer. And his son is got cerebral palsy. And his wife at this moment is seven months pregnant. And his brother-in-law is a DEA agent. And his sister-in-law steals a baby tiara from a jewelry store for a baby that's not born yet. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. But it is very entertaining, very interesting, and I am going to do the best that I can to marathon Breaking Bad. Not a marathoner, not really at all, but this show might change it all for me. I thought the intro might go a little longer, so the scores really haven't changed much. Cubs are still up on the Royals, 2-1, top of the six. Brewers still up over the White Sox, 1-0, bottom of the six. Blackhawks and Oilers don't start till 9.30, it is 8.46. So not a lot has changed, and neither has the other sports going around the leagues at the moment. Enjoy the conversation with AJ Bolas. It was a great time. He's a great dude, has a lot of awesome things to say. I'm happy that he's enjoying what he's doing. That is the most important part of life, right? Got to enjoy what we're doing. We will be back on Friday with a podcast featuring former Putnam County pitcher, graduated in 1972, Tom Pomato. He is still pitching to this day in a senior league in Arizona. Awesome athlete, been able to take care of himself. He did take a long layoff, and we will find out all about that on Friday. But still pitching in his 60s. Impressive, to say the least. There's some things that I can't do athletically at 34 that he might still be able to do at 66, including throwing a baseball faster than two miles an hour. I don't know if I could do that. Kidding, a little faster than two, but not to where he's at. To catch this episode you're listening to now, or Friday's episode, or any of the previous ones and the future episodes, you can catch them on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and Google Music. You can hit us up on social media or catch the shows on social media, Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your CP. Also, you can send us an email at any time. Maybe you got a suggestion for a topic or a guest or questions about something I said or a guest said. Anything of your wildest dreams you want to send an email. Podcast at gmail.com. That is it for this intro. Let's get to AJ.
Until next time, peace. Well, 4th of July was last weekend. This weekend, we got some fireworks going on in the area, trying to keep busy. Life is sort of coming back around from the COVID-19 quarantine, but still, you know, cases are there. Things are happening. But with sports, there's always some kind of fireworks. And my guest today, AJ Bullis, 2019 LaSalle Peru grad, has a lot of cool things going on in his life. A little fireworks of his own. AJ, how is it going, my man? I'm doing great. How are you, Brandon? I am doing well. I'm very happy to have you on the show today and to talk, you know, everything. Basketball, schooling, things that are going on in your life. Yeah, I'm excited too. So where are you now? Uh, actually, I'm living here at home during the quarantine, but I'm ready to move up back up to Michigan in about two, three weeks now. So you graduated from LaSalle, Peru in 2019, and then you are going to Michigan, Dearborn. Going to start your sophomore year? Yeah, so it's my second year, but... I did a lot of uh, AP and summer courses when I was in high school, so I'm actually going to graduate in three years total. Look at so. you, you overachiever. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying, right? You know? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So out in Dearborn, what are you doing out there? What are you studying? What's going on with you? So my major is history and political science. I'm going to school to be a teacher, but my overall end goal is to be a college basketball coach or some kind of professional coach in some capacity. So right now, I'm a my official title is a student manager or a student assistant, and I pretty much help out with all the day to day stuff with the basketball team. You know, setting up the clock, setting up practice, and I also have a lot of coaching roles too. Like I do all of our film work for the team. I help set up with game plan stuff on the sideline during games. So keep me busy all the time during the season, off season. Just busy all the time, and I'm loving it, man. Awesome. What is your guys' mascot out there, or nickname? So we have all of the branding that the big school, University of Michigan, has. We're just University of Michigan-Dearborn. We still get all of the Jordan gear, all the Nike gear. And the best part is all of their old gear that they used or didn't use, like practice jerseys, T-shirts, stuff like that. They send them on over to us, and we get to choose what we want to wear from all that. It's, it's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. So it's like you're kind of like a little brother. Yeah, and the best part is, like, when we're going to travel and we're going to airports or restaurants and stuff, and people see a bunch of big tall guys wearing University of Michigan basketball gear, a lot of times they think we're the real team. And they, like, come up to us and ask us to take pictures and stuff like that, and they have no clue who we are or anything. And they're like, oh, my, my, uh, my son's a really big fan. I can't wait to send him a picture with the University of Michigan basketball team. And we, we just play along, take the pictures every time. It's pretty funny. You have to play along. I would not <laughs> say, like, hey, we're not Michigan, Univer University of Michigan. Like, yeah, that's us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's got to be great for you guys on the bus and traveling and stuff at airports to, to be able to talk about that. Yeah. yeah it, it's, a, it's a blast. We play along and have a good time with it. Definitely. Now we're talking about traveling and you've been getting to go around with the basketball team. Where are some places that you've been able to go that you really enjoyed? So this last year we played at the University of Virgin Islands down in the Caribbean. And so it was the beginning of November when the weather started to turn up in Michigan and we hopped on a plane, got down to the Virgin Islands for three, four days, played two games against them. We had a blast down there. It was, it was a lot of fun. So while we're all up here freezing, you were on the beach. Exactly. <laughs> Playing basketball, 
the game takes you so many places you never thought you would go. So it, it's awesome, man. Definitely, definitely. What made you decide you wanted to get into coaching and be, you know, part of a college team and, you know, eventually lead your own team? Since fourth, fifth grade, I loved playing the game and I always wanted to do something in the capacity of basketball. But it was about sophomore, junior year that I really decided that I could make coaching a profession and something I could do for the rest of my life, you know. Almost every single team I've been a part of, I was a team captain. Like, leadership is something that came naturally to me. You know, I was, like, helping out little kids, you know, just for free on the side, helping them grow their game, develop, and learn. And I just really like doing that. I'd like to think I have a natural act of teaching because my mom's a college teacher and just kind of rubbed off on me, you know. Trying to make my college decision, I always wanted to pick a place where I could be a part of the basketball program in some capacity. So Justin Jacobson was up at UM Dearborn, and he kind of got me in there, and they said, Hey, well, we'll let you start off as a manager. You show us what you can do, and we'll improve your role, give you more responsibility, stuff like that as you go. So that's how it all started for me, and who knows where it's going to take me. Awesome. Shout-out to Justin Jacobson, the Mendota boys basketball coach. Was his first year this last year, also a South Peru grad, worked at IVCC for a while, was at Dearborn. He's been all over the place in the basketball role, so shout-out to him. I have a question. So, obviously, I have a question. This is a podcast, right? That's what we do here. (laughs) (laughs) But you were on the LaSalle Peru Cavalier boys basketball team, and I remember you as just being, you know, a cool kid. I don't really remember seeing you play much, not saying you didn't have skills or anything (laughs) like that, but you were in the basketball program, and that's what you wanted to do. When was it that it flipped in your head like, you know, we all grow up wanting to be Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or, you know, in my my age, Allen Iverson, stuff like that. That's what yeah. you want to do. But it comes a time where you recognize, like, hey, that's not me. I don't have that talent. You might have the brains for it, which I feel you do. Justin Jacobson does. I feel I do. I've been writing about it forever. But yeah. you just don't have the talent. When was it that it kind of flipped, like, I want to be a coach. I know I'm not going to be a player. I went to grade school at Waltham. You know, there were... 12 boys in my graduating class so obviously I was going to be one of the better players out there you know so then I come in the LP where there's 400 people in my class and that was kind of a big sh- shell shock you know like hey I'm not as good as I thought I was right so you know freshman sophomore year I played a lot started on the A team stuff like that when it got when I got over the varsity I understood my role as a junior you know I had to come off the bat do whatever it took you know be a practice player because you're a coach, that's what you want from your players, right? You want them to know their role, be the best at their role, and not necessarily try and do anything outlandish, you know? So I think it was really my junior year when I had the experience of sitting the bench a lot and not really coming in unless it was a blowout, stuff like that. That really built my character up, and then I really decided, like, I'm not even playing this game, and I still love it just as much as I do when I play it. And that really kind of clicked for me in that, in that moment there. That's an awesome realization. Like, some people would be like, oh, man, I'm not even playing. I don't even want to be here anymore. Quit the team, stuff like that. You're like, hey, I'm having just as much fun. This is what I want to do. That's a real cool realization and sets you up for what you want to do now. A lot of people, like, you know, they'll stop playing after high school. And they'll stop playing after college. And they'll say, hey, like, the thing that I miss the most about it is the grind every day and the camaraderie being around the guys. And, you know, if I can continue to do this the rest of my life as a coach, those are the two things I'm not going to give up as a coach, and that would be a blessing if that happens. Awesome. Very cool, man. 
So your first year at Dearborn, what were some things that definitely caught your eye about basketball or something that you picked up that you didn't know, you know, prior? A lot of people in the college ranks, I spent a lot of time coaching high school or like, you know, little kids at AU, but a lot of people in the college ranks, they say that the switch from high school to college is a bigger gap than college to the NBA. Like you just don't realize how quick, how fast, how long athletic you got to be to play at the next level. Some of these guys that, I, that I'm coaching, that I'm coaching against, they're just absolutely insane how talented they are compared to these high school players, right? But then you look at them compared to the NBA players, and it's not even close. Like, we're at the NAIA level, which is between Division Two and Division Three in size, and there's plenty of guys here that, you know, like we have one guy in our conference who went to Michigan Ann Arbor, on a full scholarship, didn't play a lot, so he transferred out, and he went to uh, one of the teams in our conference, right? And we're playing against him, and he comes down, and he said, I had no idea how talented you guys were at this level. We have a bunch of Division One transfers come and play with us, you know, Division Two transfers. They come out, they don't realize how talented these kids are at the college level. Like, it, it's just, that's the part that blew my mind. What do you think are the intangibles you know, that make that jump so crazy? Is it just the size? Is it just the speed of the game? Or is it? Is there something else about it that makes that jump so crazy? Well, to me, it's the work ethic. Our coach, he has this, this thing he likes to do, right? You could be a, a player in our program, right? You could be the hardest worker, you know, working out two times a day after practice, right? And what you do, some guy at Division One, say Xavier Simpson, Michigan Ann Arbor point guard, he'll look at that workout and he'll laugh at it, right? He'll say, I do that every day. That's nothing to me, right? And what he does, maybe Damon Lillard will look at that and say, oh, that's nothing, right? Just you have to put in the work. You have to put in the grind. And that's what some of the, the freshmen coming in, you know, they, they come in thinking, oh, I'm going to be a college basketball player. You know, I got here. My skills got me here. It's going to be easy, right? But they come into that first practice and it, it hits them, right? And they get a little shell shock. They know. Hey, they got to work. They got to hit the weight room. They got to be eating right, all that stuff. It's just the whole combined body of work on top of being a student athlete. University of Michigan, they don't let you slack off with the academics either, man. You just said something very important, have to eat right. I think that is the number one important thing when it becomes a fitness and the different levels of, you know, athleticism and what you're able to do. Eating right, I believe, is the number one ordeal. I'm going to say ordeal because it's hard for a lot of people. Yeah, say me, personally, growing up, playing basketball in high school, I was always the tall, skinny kid. But after, like, literally two weeks after I stopped playing high school basketball, I got into weightlifting and, you know, trying to build my physique up. Since then, I've added about 30 pounds in a year and a half. And most of it, just eating right, you know, staying away from the sugar, the sodas, you know, on the water, the protein, make sure you have a balanced diet. And I really use that stuff, those that knowledge to, you know, rub that off on my players because we get a lot of guys too that are coming in skinny. Coach wants them to bulk up so that they can get them to start. So, you know, it's it's really big in any sport too. But basketball, we got a lot of guys coming in that want to get bigger. So that's really important for them. Definitely. And how cool is it for you, you know, yourself having a voice, being able to be a part of a program and, you know, give advice or give knowledge and things like that about the game or you know fitness things that you're involved in my biggest concern coming into it was i'm going to come in there 
some kid from rural Illinois, you know, coming in up to near Detroit, Michigan, and say, you know, why would these people listen to what I have to say, right? What credibility do I have? But first two or three days of practice, you know, I walked in with confidence, like I know what I'm doing, and immediately I earned the respect of the players and the coaches. Just like that, I had a voice, guys listen to me. Sometimes they didn't like my opinions, but they listened to me, and they tell me, hey, I, I like that, I don't like that, you know? And after after the first week, I got real, I got comfortable, you know, with all the guys, and just like that, I had a voice, and it, it didn't really hit me as, like, I'm an authority figure like that, but it, it was just cool to be, like, camaraderie and just working together with a bunch of guys. That was the best part for me. Very cool, my man. I'm glad you're in a spot that you enjoy, and I know you're anxious to get back there. Oh, big time. So, right now, our season's up in the air. We don't know if we're going to have one yet with the whole COVID situation going on, but we're cautiously optimistic looking forward everybody's lifting we're all getting in the gym working working out working on our jump shot working together with our new guys we can't have any coaches on hand but all the guys they're doing a really good job taking initiative planning their own workouts holding each other accountable stuff like that so we're really anxious to get started hoping we can have a season this year I don't know if you know but I am an assistant coach for IVCC women's basketball and just found out that the NJCAA is pushing all sports until January 1st. So it's kind of crazy for, you know, just that level. So I think, you know, we're going to start finding out that other levels are going to push as well. Ours are the same thing. No sports until the 1st of January. And we were one of the first schools in the country to cancel fall sports. And, I, you know, you're seeing a lot of other schools uh, following suit with that as well. So, you know, nobody really knows what's going to happen. It's a very crazy time we're in, man. This COVID-19 took us by storm in March, but it already hit other parts in the world in, like, November, December. But March, you've seen IHSA cancel the boys' basketball state finals, that final tournament. First time, the only time that has happened since it began. I mean, the country went through world wars and through plagues and through all kinds of other stuff and never shut down. COVID-19 comes in and broke history. Yeah, so it was crazy. Like, I was literally planning on coming home that weekend to go see the state finals. But actually, I was sat home from school, you know, that weekend and couldn't go anywhere. So we were, we had plans to go to, I already bought my plane ticket, my ticket to the games for the NCAA Final Four. I was real bummed out about that, you know. The NBA was just heating up. The Lakers were going on a tear. LeBron was going to win the MVP. And just like that, everything shut down. Blink of an eye and instant. You know, it's been a three-month hibernation since then. Looks like we're just trying to get back to it now. I mean, you were just talking about the NBA, the Lakers. Things were heating up. You know, we were getting to that point of the season down the stretch right after the All-Star break. And, you know, that's just basketball, hockey starting to heat up. I'm not really a huge hockey fan, but, you know, if the Blackhawks are doing well, which they obviously weren't. But, you know, try to keep my eye into all sports. And, you know, all of a sudden, like you said, it just shut off. Like it was something like just turned a light switch off. And then all of a sudden, these people that that's their life, even us who are... You know, you're in college doing college things. I'm doing this podcast. I've been a sports journalist for 15 years. All of a sudden, your life just gets rocketed. Like, you have no idea what's going on. For me, 
like we were one of the first schools that said, hey, we're taking this seriously. We're going to go to online classes. So me and a lot of the players, we just for probably four or five days straight when that happened. You know, we were so used to the routine of the basketball season, the grind. We just sat in our apartment and played Call of Duty for literally eight to ten hours a day. It was just nice to get a break from it, you know. And I came home from college, got a little break from it. And after about two, three weeks and about four or five extra pounds added to me from not eating right, you know, I decided, hey, like, you know, I could, you can either use this time to better yourself or you can use this time to, you know, be the same. Like, I always told myself, like, I don't want to come out of this quarantine the same person that I was when I came into it. So I started really taking my lifting, my exercise, my my food seriously. I got a job working DoorDash. I was working DoorDash 10, 12 hours a day, just getting money. Got enough money to cover my whole tuition this summer, so that was great, you know. I've been reading a lot. I'm taking two summer classes. Like, this quarantine, I'm really just trying to better myself instead of just coming in, just letting it blow, just waiting for it to blow over, you know. But I, I think I truly have better myself during this quarantine. That's awesome, because if you would have been waiting for it to blow over, I mean, we're still in it, and it's July, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been a long time of getting fat, my friend. Yeah, right? Uh, you mentioned reading books. What were or reading in general? What were some things that you were reading? One of them I read was uh, Dean Smith's, uh, his book. Um, I'm a big North Carolina fan myself, so it was cool just reading what he had to say, his, you know, as a coach, his perspectives... A lot of Roy Williams in there, too. He was a part of it. And the other one I read was uh, Bill Simmons, The Book of Basketball. It was his whole history and everything of basketball from, you know, the 40s, 50s, the Mac when the NBA started, ABA merger, all the way up until, like, 2010, 2011 when it was written. It was just really cool to get a whole unique perspective on the entire history of the league, you know, stuff you didn't know. Bill Simmons' book is amazing. It came out probably yep. like 10 years ago, but it is a great book. And if you did not know, he's got a podcast out about that book. And he, Oh, yeah, I, I listen to every episode. It's great. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. Yep. And you mentioned Dean Smith. I am also a huge North Carolina fan. I went to SIU, Southern Illinois, so that'd be my number one school. Great basketball tradition there. But... Yep. Right after that, North Carolina. So with that said, you cannot pick Michael Jordan. Outside of Michael Jordan, who is your favorite North Carolina player? My favorite for my lifetime, I'd probably say Luke Bay. Just because of his whole, or the aura around him, you know, the, the white guy that doesn't look like a basketball player at all, you know. Hitting the big shot versus Kentucky in the tournament, and then showing up 8 a.m. at class the next day. One of my favorite players... I got a Luke May jersey that I, you know, wear to wear out at parties and stuff. And people are like, always like, who is that? You know, that's one of the most, I'm a big fan of obscure basketball jersey stuff like that. But so I say he's probably my one of my favorite players from North Carolina. Awesome, very cool. Obscure jerseys. What are some of the most obscure jerseys you have? I want to know some of these. I got Luke May. I got a, a Jason Kidd one. Kid from what team? Uh, it was uh, the Phoenix one. Okay. The old school Phoenix jerseys. I got I got all LeBron ones from all his stops, you know. I got the Anthony Davis ones, the cool ones on the Pelicans. I like looking at thrift shops for him too. Like I past month I got a Dwight Howard Orlando one. And there was one other one. I, I can't remember the other one I got, but it was it was some just somebody it was a oh, Pedro Stoyakovich. That's that's it. 
just you know random guys that you know the average person wouldn't know about like stuff like that those are the ones that i like in 1998-99 pages stiakovich was the man oh yeah sharpshooter man you could shoot from anywhere it was he was awesome yeah. That Kings team back in the day was Stojakovic, Chris Webber, Mike Bibby, Doug Christie. That was my squad. White Chocolate, too? Oh, yeah, Jason Williams. <laughs> he was one of my favorites to watch growing up, you know, looking up just individual highlights, looking at him pass the ball like that. So he was one of my favorites. Definitely, most definitely. You mentioned a guy earlier, Damian Lillard. Have to mention he is the new poster kid, poster child, poster man for NBA 2K franchise, NBA 2K 21. You got to be pumped about that. I knew that his time was coming, right? We knew that he was going to get one someday. I didn't necessarily think it was going to be this year, right? And also, Zion got his own cover too. I think personally it's a little too early for him, but, you know, they got to give the people what they want. Yeah, they're trying to do the, you know, experience with the new guy, the new guy trying to get new, I guess, hype around him even though he's got all kinds of hype coming out of yeah. school we already knew he was a beast but yeah i understand where you could say like hey it might not be his time but i understand them marketing wise trying to get new fans involved as well yeah so they got you know lebron's gonna be on his way out pretty soon they gotta get a new face of the league you know whether it's him or Giannis or luca you know or ja give the reins to him definitely give me your top three players in the nba right now right now LeBron, Kawhi, and Giannis right now. No Luka? Nope, not yet. Okay, okay. All right, I, I like think, those three. I think in the playoffs, it's going to get a lot tighter. NBA regular season's a lot of loose defense, but in the playoffs when everything matters, all the defense, you know, they know what you're doing every time. I'm a, still a Luka believer. I think he's top ten for sure, but I don't know about top three. Just, there's a lot of buzz around Luca, so that's why I had to throw his name out there after you didn't see him. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer as well, but I, I don't know about top three yet. Also, no Anthony Davis in there. No, I just think that as a big, he doesn't get utilized as well as what he could be, especially alongside LeBron, right? Like You saw him in New Orleans. He was getting the ball every single time down the floor, but with the Lakers, it's just not the same anymore. If he was on his own team, I could definitely see it, but playing alongside LeBron is a little different. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to put anybody over Kawhi and Giannis as well. I mean, we know what they do. Yeah, so they're great two-way players. You know, they can guard anybody one through five on the court. You know, they can score the ball anytime they want. We were just talking about NBA 2K, Giannis's pink diamond card. There's no way that you can stop him and my team. There's no way you can stop it. I put my brother the other day, and you know they got the the Shaq card that shoots the threes and stuff, like, some ridiculous stuff like that. Like some of those are just insane. Like I mentioned in the beginning of this, you were 2019 LaSalle Peru grad. You were on the basketball team, coached by Jim Trevaney, who is a friend of this podcast. He's been on a couple times. Actually, he interviewed me for a podcast. That was pretty cool. But anyway, talk about your time in LaSalle Peru. I mean, it had to be a good time. You played with a lot of good kids that I know and got to meet, and it had to be a good environment for your basketball roots. Yeah, so it was definitely a lot of fun. You know, when I was coming up into it, I would work out every every time they did with uh, the class, what, three years ahead of me, with uh, Isaiah Tubbs, uh, Ryan Alano, Christian Soderholm, those guys. They, I, I came up, me and Elliot Tubbs worked out with them every night that they worked out. So those were the guys that we looked up to, right? You know, we came in, run open gyms with them, 
And then after them was, you know, the Peyton Sampson, uh, Austin Preblinski group. Those guys, they give us something to look forward to, you know, get some hype back in the program. And then the seniors before us, Johnny Seneca, Nate Newman, Scott McManus, uh, Tyler Martin, those guys are really good teammates. We had a lot of fun playing with them. So, like, the biggest thing that I took away from playing basketball at LP was just, like, the, the group, the friends that, you know, we were really, really close with each other, the, the great friendships that I have and, you know, going to have for the rest of my life from playing LP basketball. You know, that, that's that's the most thing that came out. It wasn't the wins or losses. It was the friendship, you know, the guys, what really stood out for me playing LP ball. Definitely. And I got to see each one of those teams in action. And it was, uh, you could tell there was, you know, kind of like a brotherhood between you guys. It was us against the other team. When stuff started getting hairy, you know, we always had each other's backs. You know, we always, you know, listen to what Coach said. We always had that camaraderie, that brotherhood. Especially those games against Ottawa, you know, when those ones got really heated, you really had to have each other's backs. Oh, the LaSalle Peru Ottawa games, they got crazy. <laughs> my best memory from high school ball was when my senior year playing at Ottawa, when they were, they ranked, supposed to beat us so bad that nobody even showed up to the game, and then we ended up beating them by 20. Best moment of my basketball career so far as a player. And that is a great one to have, my friend. That was awesome. I am very happy for you, glad for you that you found a spot that you enjoy and you're doing things that you love to do, which is basketball and all those cool things. So thanks again for joining us, my man. Yeah, but hey, yeah, also good, good luck to you with the uh, IBCC women's team, and uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch. For sure, we definitely will.